Broadcasting from USA Swimming's headquarters at the Carolyn Dirks Building in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set. Join three-time Olympian Elizabeth Beisel and U.S. National Team Director of Performance Matt Barbini as they host members from the USA Swimming community, ranging from age group to Olympic levels of the sport. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Kickset Podcast. My name is Matt Barbini. I am the National Team Director of Performance, and joining me from the smartest swim meet in the country right now is three-time Olympian Elizabeth Basel. Basel, how are you? How's Ivy's? Ivy's are great, super fast. I am in between prelims and finals right now, and it's been really enjoyable, especially after SEC's last week, um, to continue kind of watching amazing fast swimming this week um so i'm having fun i'm in the booth doing a little color um but yeah all is well how it all is well in your world i suspect yeah, yeah we're good um we are right at the end here of our quietest period of the year so we have fort lauderdale next week um we'll restart the pro swim series after a month and a half break and then we have a bunch of national team athletes coming up to campus um in the first three weeks of march for a national team training camp which we always do to kind of supplement coaching around ncaa's and then the season just kind of gets rolling from there so We've been enjoying. I've been home for six weeks straight, which is kind of unheard of in this gig. So that is very really unheard nice. of for you, like, Barbini. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like gotten used to my own pillow and all of those. Your things. wife is it's like, really... so when's your next trip? So have you considered <laughs> maybe adding some trips? Could you yeah. maybe just get out? Remember the whole absence making the heart fonder thing? Yeah. Right, right. No, it's been good. It's you know you get off the road. It's a little healthier, a little better sleep, a little you know just get nice into to get a into a routine. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but excited to, to get back out and see some of this fast swimming. It's been cool to watch the college results, but excited to get back in person with some people. Yeah. And, and our, speaking of oh, fast swimming, that's what I'm I was right going to say. I was like, our yeah, guest yeah. is very fast <laughs> and knows a lot about college swimming. Very fast. Knows a lot about college swimming. Um, we are very fortunate today to have Maritza McClendon with us, um, 2004 Olympic silver medalist. And she was the first black American female swimmer to qualify for an Olympic team and to win an Olympic medal, um, for the U S. Um, and she has had such a huge impact on the swimming community, um, uh, since retiring, she is still a member of USA swimming's team black. She's a public speaker. Um, she's done some work for the USA swimming foundation and the make a splash tour. And now she is generously donated a little bit of her time to us today. Marissa, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go. Um, I want to, we're going to start kind of early in the career. So um, I was poking around on your website a little bit and um, <laughs> and it, it said, you know, you kind of started at seven swimming. Um, what was your introduction yeah, to this? A long time ago. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, just for, yeah, just a few years. Um, what was kind of your introduction to the sport? How did you get involved? Um, and then how did that kind of evolve into to becoming more of a, a high-level swimmer? Yeah, so I, like you said, I started at seven and it was honestly because I was diagnosed with scoliosis. So um, at six years old, I, you know, my back was about 25 degrees off center. I always had back problems. I complained to my mom all the time. And finally she took me to a doctor. Um, I was pretty close to having surgery. And the doctor actually recommended before we do that, let's go ahead and try some other remedies. And one of them ended up being swimming. 
Um, at the time, I I loved the water, but I had never had any formal swim lessons. So like, of course, I grew up in San Juan, Puerto Rico, surrounded by beaches. My mom would take me to the beach every day and I would be fearless in the water, but she would also be terrified watching. She'd be like super close, like, like very close, hands-on. Like as soon as I got out of arm's length, she was like, no, 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 come back because I had no idea how to swim. Um, so when the doctor actually recommended swimming, it was kind of one of those things that's a no brainer and, and um, did just a basic water safety lesson um, for the summer and absolutely loved the sport. Like I couldn't get enough of it. Um, at the end, I told my mom, like, like, how do I do this all the time? Like, I don't want this to just be a summer thing. And so they did their research and found some swim teams nearby. I joined one and the rest is history. So swimming was obviously so much more than just a sport. Um, it was a, a type of rehab for you. Um, I, I want to ask, what did swimming give you? And I know that's such a loaded question, <laughs> but for you to just have you know, you're this little girl in San Juan, Puerto Rico with scoliosis and they say swimming is good for you. And then that blossomed into a, an amazing career at University of Georgia under Jack Bowerly, who I would love for you to touch on. And then you become the first for so many people and especially those black swimmers like that didn't have anybody to look up to you. You were it. You were the first <laughs> to do it. Can you just talk about how that kind of journey just shaped you into the person that you are today and touch on some highlights, please. <laughs> oh man, that is a loaded question. So, you know, I think, I think swimming, swimming has opened up so many opportunities. I mean, Elizabeth, you know, like there's just so many doors that just open for you. You learn life lessons as you're starting to go through training and getting, you know, exposure to competitions. Um, and I, and I think throughout the years, it was, it, for me, I just love swimming and I absolutely love the training aspect of it and like every part of the journey. Sometimes it was definitely challenging and hard, but I think that that's what kind of molded me into the person I am today. Like I wouldn't be who I am without swimming. I mean, I know it sounds very cliche, but I'm very organized. I figure out how to fit everything in, in this little small amount of time, like in less than 24 hours, I can figure out how to like go to school, go to practice, get your weights done, um, you know, get some homework done, study, be a good student, like get some sleep in, don't forget about the naps. Like I, you know, you just kind of figure out that routine. Right. Um, and then, and then along the way, you just meeting the people that have been very supportive of, of my journey. Right. Like my, I had a, I, my mom was very, very supportive. She was the one who woke up every morning, took me to practice, um, you know, got me to my swim meets, may not have been able to travel with me with every swim meet, but um, did definitely take that effort to do that. And then, you know, having the coaches, um, I know you talked about University of Georgia, but even before that, I was with coach Peter Banks, who was a 96 and 2000 Olympic coach for the U.S. as well. And he he always believed that I was like the number one athlete in the world. And I think that it, it meant so much to have his support along the way of just um, kind of pushing me even when, when times got really tough and, and he was there to just kind of lift me up. And then to the other part of it, it was that I kind of had this moment where there were people who were in my corner, but there are also people that as with most people, there's just people who aren't in your corner. Um, and making things even more challenging, especially for myself. You mentioned that that I was one, I was the first, right? I was the first to make an Olympic team. I was the first to break an American record, first to break a world record. Like there's so many firsts. And just think about like when I was a little girl, I looked around the pool deck and there weren't very many people who looked like me. Um, and there was people who definitely asked me, 
why aren't you doing another sport? You know, like, why don't you go do basketball or why don't you do track or, you know, and it wasn't because I wasn't good at swimming. It was because of the way I looked. It was because of my skin color. Um, and I, and I stood out from everybody else. But I think for me, at the end of the day, I absolutely love swimming. Like that was just one of those things where I could go to practice and I just felt like almost free. Like it was, it was therapeutic. It was relaxing. It was challenging too. Like I, I, we're competitive. <laughs> swimmers are competitive. Don't deny it. I don't know who who out there wants to say swimmers are not competitive. We all are. Um, so like just having that energy all the time, right? And throughout my entire career, like that that never went and went away. Even now to this day, with my husband or with my kids, like we're we're we still don't let the kids win at anything. Like that. That's <laughs> just how it is around here, right? Um, and then to just kind of as I started to go through my swimming career too, just really figuring out how can I continue to be the best me um, inside the pool and out of the pool and lean in on those people who were there to support my journey. And then also kind of just um, what, what did that like for me, like, what does it mean? Like, how do I get to um, win a, an Olympic medal and then take it even a step further of how do I continue to inspire the next generation? Um, it, it became, it became bigger than me, right? Like I, I was that, that six-year-old who got introduced to swimming for a medical remedy, but it opened up so many opportunities for me. And then I also want to continue to open up opportunities for, for other athletes. Um, and then also making sure that people realize I didn't do this journey by myself, right? Like I had my mom, I had my coaches, I had Peter Banks, I had Jack Bowerly, I had, I mean, even the assistant coaches, I mean, they, they were all very instrumental. Bud Bowden, when I was swimming younger, I pushed his Volvo around the parking lot. No joke. He actually had us, he got, he's a former, former football player for Florida. And he was our assistant coach at Peter Banks five o'clock in the morning, he'd be like, all right, we're going to push the Volvo around the parking lot. And he'd hop in the car. Yes. <laughs> hop in the car. And we would be behind like pushing the Volvo. And I loved every minute of it. I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm getting stronger. And, and it just made, made the sport so much more fun. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, it was once I, I, I got that medal and then, and I broke all those barriers to me now, it's like, how do I get back, continue to get back to the sport? How do I continue to get back to the community um, and make sure that I'm proud to be the first, but I definitely don't want to be the last and I haven't been the last. And now there's more of us and now we can show that we can accomplish so many, so many great things um, and have those same opportunities. But, you know, it's, gosh, man, it's, I, I'm, I'm such a, I'm a much better person today because of swimming. Like I, I'm just very more focused much more focused. Um, I, I love the team aspect still. I'm very competitive, very driven, um, and, and just grateful for, for swimming to have brought that to me. That was a roundabout way to answer your question. <laughs> well, I don't even a, know what I asked, yeah, but it was, it was kind of a roundabout question too. So yeah, I it was, there okay. was no question there. I, w- I, was I just wanted say, to hear you talk. Paz <laughs> yeah. asked for a highlight and you gave her one with yeah. day pushing around the parking lot. Oh, um, that was it for sure. That was definitely the, the highlight. Um, you touched on it a little bit, but you talked about um, being on a pool deck and not seeing people that look like you and and since your career, you've been vocal about creating and improving diversity in the sport. How have you seen the sport improve and, and where can we still improve um, on that front? 
That is also a loaded question. <laughs> um, so, you know, when, when I made the team in 2004, 70% of African-American children didn't know how to swim. Here we are in 23 and it's 64% of African-American children don't know how to swim. And that is a big difference. Like a lot of people, we're, we're not getting higher in those numbers. Those numbers are going down. And that, that 6% equates to millions of kids that now know how to swim that never would have before. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and you'll see, you know, myself and Cullen, Cullen Jones and, and Simone Manuel, Natalie Hines. I mean, we're all out there, you know, working, working the grounds, trying to continue to inspire. I think where I, the reason I say it's loaded is because when I still think about in 2004, the perception or the amount of African-American swimmers that were registered for USA Swimming was less than 2%. Um, and today it's still less than 2%. So there's definitely a transition. While we have gotten more people to learn how to swim, I'd love to see more of us being competitive swimmers. And how do we, how do we also foster the inclusive competitive world? Um, you know, I think we've definitely figured out ways to get us engaged and get that narrative to change, um, you know, within the family and at home and getting, making swimming a family sport, but how do we transition to a competitive sport, right? Like what are, I think when I think back, I, I just think about like, um, you know, inspiring them with a medal and also just being transparent about the journey that we've had as competitive swimmers and, and the outcomes of what we, who we are as people because of swimming, because of competitive swimming. I think that's the, um, the part that we can continue to work on and, and target those kids that, I don't know about, about you guys, but for me, I hit middle school and had, even heading into high school, I was like, I don't want to swim. I, I just want to go hang out with friends. And I want to go to the movies and I want to go do this, but I got to go do practice. So it's kind of really like providing, making sure that they know that the sport is still so fun, right? And it's still, the rewards are so great, but there's also a big commitment to it, right? Um, and I think just kind of painting that full picture and just keeping kids engaged in a sport of swimming and then also making sure that it's not just the legends who've been through competitive swimming's job to, to get that conversation going, but it's also those who are involved with swimming right now, no matter what you look like, it's our job to keep our, our sport growing. Like we are, you guys know, we're the, we're the top country at the Olympics. We're the ones who bring in all the medals. Um, and so I think that there's, there's an opportunity for us to really bring a bigger community to competitive swim and keep us in swim and see more of us at the elite level. Can you describe a little bit of, about what it was like as a kid walking around a pool deck or at any swim meet, to be honest, within the U.S. and being one of the only black people on the pool deck and, and you know, how you almost process that now as you get older and how you've kind of turned that into working with Swim 1922, DEI councils, Team Black, and, and how that's really shaped your mission and your passion now as an adult. Yeah, I think when I was younger, there was moments where I felt kind of alone almost. I mean, I, if you think about some of the things that I had mentioned earlier of just people telling me I shouldn't be on the pool deck because of the color of my skin, I couldn't go and tell my other some friends, hey, can you believe she said that to me? Like, have you ever experienced something like that? Like a lot of, almost all of them would say, no, I've never experienced something like that. Um, so I think in that aspect, it was really, really challenging. And I think that that is also where my message spins now is, you're not alone, right? And and you're not, there are more of us out there, there's more opportunities and, and just making sure that they have somebody in their corner that they can talk to about anything, um, be it like 
how do I take care of my hair? Or how do I, you know, what's the best lotion to wear? I mean, chlorine is no joke on the skin. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So, um, you know, just, just thinking through things like that. Um, and, and then just kind of, um, I guess, I'm trying to think of the second part of your question, Elizabeth, you said something else to talk about. Um, kind of like how you've just channeled that into working with all of the initiatives that you work with now, which is like, a lot and you're making a huge difference. So if you can just touch on most of them, if you can. Yes. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, so I, I think for me, it's really making sure the conversation never dies, right? Like I want to, as long as the opportunity is there and people give me a platform to talk, I will share my story and I will partner with organizations. I will speak, you know, you know, speak on behalf of others to, to make sure that that, that equality is out there. Programs like Swim 1922, which you had mentioned, Elizabeth, is, is a partnership with Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated and USA Swimming. And our goal is, is really to encourage women and their families to get involved with swimming. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of changing that narrative on, on the community aspect and, and starting to really get people to the pool. They're not just showing up at the pool, they're getting in the pool and they're, they're learning basic water safety skills and then going beyond that and getting formal lessons. So it's not just about the clinic and the day that we're there, but we're providing tools and we're providing, um, you know, free some lessons just so that the families continue to come back. And then I think from there, that's where our hope is. You started out as a sub-1922 clinic, you know, um, attendee to now you're part of a swim team. You know, that's, we want to see that transition of people learning to love the sport just as much as I did. Um, and then you mentioned too, just being a part of different councils. I'm part of the diversity and aquatics aquatics. I'm on the board of directors for that. Um, you know, team black, any, any council that really would love to have me, I'm always available to, to chat and have the conversation, but I think it's really making sure that people realize that we still have a long way to go. There's still a lot of things that are, that are going on out there. And there's, um, there's a lot of different things that need to happen. Um, you know, from, providing financial support, providing the resources and tools, a swimsuit, the education, um, the hair care, you know, how to, how to, how to understand hair and things like that. So um, I think just more platforms to continue again, that message. And then also to just um, not just attacking kind of the swim community, but thinking even broader, like how can we get, um, even celebrities involved. It was it was amazing. I don't know if you guys had seen last year. Carrie Washington did a post on me last year, and I was like blown away. That um, was amazing. <laughs> that like photo that she did. It, I was like, and I've idolized that photo because like I wore Nike growing up. So I was like, oh my god, Ritz Corral, where's Nike? Like now Carrie Washington does. I know it was so awesome. Like just, just to know that somebody like Carrie Washington is like paying attention to our sport. And, you know, like, I think that that's amazing. That's how you start to spread the message of how amazing swimming is, how amazing competitive swimming is. We're not just a, a group of swimmers that show up every four years. There is a whole community behind us. There is a whole like fam family involvement. And, and again, the, the life-saving skill part of it too. Like we're the only sport that's a life-saving skill. And there's just so much, like I, I can go on and on about swimming. Like I, I think it's just an amazing sport that everybody should learn how to swim. And then not, not, and then also just making sure that it's the same conversation isn't happening to, to the, the, 
all the groups. Like it's not a one blanket message. It's like, how do we start to create that equality and, and bring up, you know, where are our shortfalls and what can we do differently to kind of kind of bring out that level playing field a little bit more? So much of what you're talking about here and, and through your career, I mean, you were three-time captain of an international team for Team USA. Like a lot of what you're touching on here is, is basically leadership and you're like displaying leadership and you are sort of teaching leadership. Is that something that sort of comes naturally to you or is this like an intentional sort of like drive to like that you feel a, a, a compelled or driven to sort of like lead by example or take a leadership role in these positions? Man, I would be lying if I said leadership is in my blood. <laughs> um, and this is the part where I'll go back and say, this is what swimming has pulled out of me. Um, I, I definitely grew up as that little girl who kept to herself. Uh, I didn't have a lot of, you know, I had great friends and I, you know, they kind of bring me out of my shell a little bit, but like public speaking, no way. Like if you would have told me, you know, 20, 30 years ago that I was going to be doing this, I'd be like, I'm not going to stand in front of all these people. We'll never, ever do that. But I think as I started to grow into this role model stage of like, yeah, I did all this hard work to get this medal. What more to me, it was, it became more hungry and more of a passion of like, what else can I do? Like this, there's, there's more to it, right? This, this medal has now created a whole new platform for me to stand on. And I think it took a long time for me to realize that, um, and I definitely will give a lot of credit to the ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho for bringing out even more leadership out of me. I think that before it was like, I knew I was the first, but I don't think I realized the impact I had until I got around the ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho. I mean, when I walked around, it, I honestly, no joke, they they treat everybody like royalty, but I literally felt like a, a royalty, celebrity, like you name it. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. And then I would have... Um, women come up to me and be like, you have just changed my perspective about swimming. I never would have thought about it. And, you know, I have an opportunity to get in the water with a lot of these women and just kind of some of them, I had an 80 year old woman who had never been in the water um, and said, I'm fearful of it. I don't ever want to learn to swim. She's 80. And I was like, we can do it. Like, let's get in now. She got in with me. And I remember like three months later, she was like, because of you getting in the water with me and like being very calm and kind of talking me through, I was able to go get formal swim lessons. And now she's like, she knows how to swim at 80 years old. I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, but as far as like the, the leadership, I think it was, it was moments like that just kind of said like, I, I do need to stand up taller. I do need to speak up louder because it's making such a big difference. Um, and in, in just about every room that I walk into and, and I take a lot of pride in that. And I also, I'm very humbled about it. And I continue to just say, like I said, open up a door for me and I will 100% walk through it. Um, I will always walk through standing tall and sharing my message as much as I can, because I think that even if I just touch one person, that's one more person that didn't have, you know, any, any impact or connection to swimming that now does. And I think that that's what continues to, to drive me forward. I think when I was younger, it was, an internal inspiration and, and motivation. And now when I do my speeches and talks, I walk away even more inspired to, to continue to do it more. It's pretty incredible that you went from this little girl in Puerto Rico to literally changing lives. Um, and like listening to you tell that story about the 80 year old gave me chills because 
that's just, I know that's just one person that you've impacted and you've impacted tens of thousands of people. So, I mean, thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing what you're doing because it's, you're passionate about it. You're changing lives and it's, we need that. We need more people like you in our sport for sure. Um, I do want to ask you about your medal and your experience at the 2004 Olympics, um, because that is, I mean, I remember watching you on television, which was pretty cool. Like I looked up to you and it's, it's crazy how full circle life can be, but can you talk about that entire experience and what it was like winning an Olympic medal? Yeah, I will say, I'll kind of take it a little step back, right? Olympic trials. And you're, you trained all these years. I tried to make it in 2000. I didn't make it. Took another four years to train even harder, went to trials and trials was such a nerve wracking me. Like, you don't know if you make the team, you're work, you're like scared, but you're also like pumped and ready to go. And like all these emotions come through, then you finally make the team. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to experience the Olympics and see like, how, you know, what you see on TV, you're like, oh my gosh, I get to experience it, you know, firsthand. So um, after I made the Olympic team and Elizabeth, this will be like old news for you, but we we get to walk into like a room and pick out all this gear. We have like four, four sheet pages of like, go get your books, your, your bags and your shirts. And your, I mean, you name it, we had it. Um, I thought that that was pretty amazing. I mean, I know I was like, I think it was uh, 22, <laughs> I made the team, but I was still excited. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like took all the stuff. Um, and then when you get to the Olympics, um, I mean, even before we get there, right, we're training as a team. Cause remember we're all coming from different teams across the country. And now we get to be that year's Olympic team in 2004, those we are 43 strong. And it was like the only time that we will all be together. We got to know each other. We got to push each other at practice. Um, even when we got to Athens and walked on, walked into the athlete village for the first time, I, I think my jaw was on the floor half the time, just taking it all in. Um, it was such a fun experience. And then just to see all the other athletes too, like it wasn't just swimming. Like, I think a lot of times we go to world championships and it's like all the aquatic sports. Um, but this time it's like, you saw tennis players and you saw, I mean, you guys know, you watch the Olympics, you see all those sports and we get to see, you know, all the different athletes that are out there, the top athletes in the world. It's pretty amazing. Um, and then the other thing that I love to share is my first time, um, walking onto the pool deck for the, like, just to do warmups for the Olympics. I was just like, what? I don't even want to like touch the water. It looks so like smooth and clean and, Anyways, I will digress, but I, we, I, I, the other moment that I remember of the Olympics is the moment before we walked out for our race, I got to go for the foreigner freestyle relay. So I had three other teammates with me and I remember just walking out under the tunnel onto the pool deck and you just see like flashes of light because everybody's taking pictures and you see the, everybody holding their country flags, our, our uh, USA teammates are like cheering super loud and it's like crazy you hear all the like bangs and the noises and I just remember taking all of that in and being like oh my gosh this is absolutely amazing like I Elizabeth I'm sure you have like 800 million stories too but like there's just something about walking into an Olympic pool and seeing seeing having that experience and then just hopping up on the block and just being like I'm I get a summer team USA I get to you know, I'm going to try my hardest to get an Olympic medal. And, and it was just amazing when we got a silver medal and just the pride to say that 
you know, once an Olympian, always an Olympian, and we're also an Olympic medalist. <laughs> like that's so crazy. Um, and and just to be, you know, even though you swim your race, you're still there to enjoy the Olympic experience, to cheer on your other teammates from Team USA, to go see not just swimming but other sports. You could go see track and field. You could go see tennis. You, I mean, you name it. You're able to go see it if you could fit it into your schedule. Um, and then. <laughs> And then also experience, you know, a little bit of the, of the nightlight, like, you know, like we're, we're training super hard, but at the same time, we're in a different country that we've never been to. And Athens was phenomenal. I, you know, you think about the Greek gods and goddesses and, and their structures and, oh my gosh, I, I still remember being able to walk the city and taking it all into like, it, it was, it was just such a, uh, it was a phenomenal experience. I'll never forget it. I still get chill bumps thinking about the moment I walked out the, of the of, walked out of the tunnel into the pool onto the pool area and just taking that whole moment in getting our medal. That was another great moment, but also to just experiencing what Athens brought to the games and 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 everything. So that was super fun. But it was it was phenomenal. So um, speaking of people that you inspired. We have some questions from uh, listeners that have been generated from uh, our, our social media. Um, so we call this segment Social Kick. It's our, uh, not a pretty obvious name that I'm <laughs> somewhat proud of coming up with. Um, I anyway, love it. So, good job. Yeah. <laughs> social Kick is the best. Social Kick is really good. No, I'm no. a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. No, no. They're, no, they're all easy. easy. Don't worry. Yeah. Kyle only picks the easy ones. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> let anybody ask anything hard. Um, so from EVG, what or who is your biggest inspiration and why? Good question. So I'll share two. Um, my biggest inspiration growing up was Amy Van Dyken. Uh, she was a four-time Olympic medalist in 96 games. And that was where my inspiration started is watching the 96 Olympic games in Atlanta. And I saw her, you know, she was a sprint freestyler and I saw her race and, you know, she looks so tough and like, I was scared of her, <laughs> she, you know, and for me, like I told you guys, I was this, this little girl that was terrified of everything, kept to myself, but to watch her, I was like, man, that, that woman right there, like, she's absolutely amazing. So I, she was my biggest inspiration throughout my swimming career. And I still remember the day that I got to meet her. I got her autograph. And then from then on, every time I saw her, I got her autograph. I had a cap ready, pen ready. Every I kid you not, Amy was probably like, what in the world? Um, but she's always so generous, gave me her autograph. Um, and then actually in college in 2002, I broke her 50 yard freestyle American record. And um, it, it kind of like came around full circle. I was like, this was my idol. And and now I've, I've reached a feat that she did where we were American record holders and it was pretty awesome moment. Um, and then really quick, my second one, you guys can see right here, um, Muhammad Ali. I absolutely love him. I think, again, it goes back to that little girl who is super shy and watching another athlete who just exuded this confidence that I always wished I had. And he he was one of those. He he stood up, especially as a Black athlete and the the era that he grew up in and that he competed in he always knew that he was the best boxer in the world and he didn't let anybody stand in his way. So he was a true inspiration to me. And, um, I actually had, I actually had a fan who had this, um, created for me and his name is Greg Hutchins. He, um, I got this package one day at my front door. He asked me, he's like, Hey, can I get your address? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I don't typically give out my address, but he was like, no, no, really. And this showed up at my house. And I was like, 
Greg, this is absolutely amazing. So big shout out to Greg Hutchins, whose daughter, Rachel, is doing phenomenal right now. If you guys haven't heard of her, definitely keep an eye out for her. Awesome. That is really cool looking over your shoulder there. Um, all right. From Gabby L. How did you manage stress combined with swimming and school? Ooh, that's a good one, man. It kind of goes back to trying to figure out how to balance, right? Like, um, you know, my dad always taught me that, that I needed to be a really good student. So when I was younger, he got me in this routine of making sure that I made time to study, um, graduated from high school with honors, did really good. and can't say I graduated from college with honors, but I was pretty close. I still was a great, great student athlete in college, um, but just kind of instilled that, 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 um, that habit in me of just making sure that, you know, swimming, swimming will carry me so far, but my education will carry me forever. And so I always made sure that I tried to kind of balance like I, and I, I was very open with my coaches. If I needed like a practice off, not that it happened often, but if I needed to just focus and trend study, then I went ahead and studied. Right. Um, and, and just kind of making sure that open communication is there, but it gets a little bit stressful at times for sure. Cause everybody knows you're so you swim in the morning, go to school, you go back to swim. You really want to go to take a nap. I know I did a lot of times, but you really had to take a time to, to study. And rather than thinking about how stressful you are, it's like, really, how do you manage your day a little bit better and kind of get in study from time to time, but still keep that essence of, of making sure you're getting your training in too. So it can be tough, but there's a way to figure it out and you got to figure out what works best for you. That's great advice. Last one. This is, this is a tough one because you have to pick one. What is your most memorable swimming moment? <laughs> okay. Well, I, so <laughs> I actually do have a memorable swimming moment. One. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it has to go back to that 50 freestyle that I shared with you guys. My 2002 NCAA 50 freestyle race was, I, I would say it came out of nowhere. My coach will probably be like, no, actually it didn't. You trained really hard for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but before, you know, it happened at NCAAs, at SECs, I still remember like talking to Jack Bowerly and being like, I really want to send the 50. Like this is, you know, every other year I send the mile, I send the 500 freestyle. I was like, no, 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 50. Let's drop a zero off that 500 and get in a 50. Um, so I finally won that battle. Swam it at SECs, ended up winning SECs, had no idea where it came. I was just like, I love sprinting. It's just what I love. Um, but he's like, no, you need to train distance. But then I went to NCAAs and that same year and ended up, you know, I was like, oh, I, you know, I really have a chance to win. And all I want to do is get some points on for, for Georgia. Um, and I still remember just kind of racing, racing hard, getting my hand on the wall and turning around. And I had a 20, my time was a 2169 couple of weeks earlier at SECs, I think I went a 22-3. And I was super excited about the 22-3. And then I got this 21-69 and I was like, I went under 22, I was super excited. And then I went over to Jack and Carol Carol um, Capitani and he, they were like, you don't know what you just did, do you? And I was like, yeah, I broke 22 seconds. And they were like, actually you broke an American record. It was Amy Van Dyken's, it was a 10 year old record. And I was like, no way. Like it was just, it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I had no idea that I had that. I had no, I, I didn't even know I was anywhere in the range of getting an American record. I didn't even know what the 50 free American record was at the time. And so to have a race like that kind of just set my, set me off to a different, 
different mode when it came to, to racing. Like I broke a, another American record in the 100 freestyle and it just kind of like set me on this path of like, I know I can do it. So heading into 2004, it was like, yes, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this. And, and I was super excited, but it was because of that race. That's awesome. That's such Hold a on. good memory. I have a very quick side question. <laughs> did you swim like the mile at Georgia? I did. I won SECs. Uh, so I'm the only athlete that's ever won all the freestyle events at a conference championship. Male. Oh, my God. We had a so time Faisal, Faisal didn't believe it. I, I literally didn't believe it yeah. because I was scouring your website, obviously. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No that doubt. is on like every year I went into negotiations with Jack and Harvey and I was like, just one, one, a little bit shorter on the distances. And they were like, okay, we'll get rid of the mile. And then I was like the next year, okay, let's a little bit shorter, even more. So then that's when we got the 50, 100 and 200 freestyle. So yeah. Hey man, when uh, the American that record to really drive that point home though, it's like <laughs> you were right all along. <laughs> right. She, she played the long game, but yeah, she yeah. got what she wanted in the end. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That is incredible. I, I, yeah, I'm at a loss for words. That's great. Wow. Uh, that question had come from Kasha J. I forgot to mention that before that. Uh, that's a great question and a great memory. Um, and Maritza, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for being here. We really appreciate the time and the perspective um, and good luck with everything and all the work you're doing in the future. Hopefully we'll see you around the pool. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Matt and Elizabeth. I appreciate it. It's been fun. You're the best, Maritza. Thank you. Thanks again to Maritza, Basel, a, uh, an inspiring conversation as always. Yeah. And such a pioneer in the sport and it's so amazing what she's doing amazing what she did in the pool but even more amazing now what she's doing out of the pool and inspiring the next generation um but yeah i i still can't get over the fact that she swam the mile and the 50 that well too like <laughs> I, I, my being mind's in, blown i mean a conference champion that's like you being the conference champion in the 50 free too you know like yeah it's and like, like you're like sort of as well and the yeah, same yeah. Thing. Like yeah. what? That sort of range. Pretty incredible. Is, yeah. 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 It's like Olympic medal, whatever. But, but yeah, but, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had a 50 free in me the whole time. I should tell Coach Troy that. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. this is evidence that you everybody that swims the miles overtrained and has an American record. Hundred percent. Now it all yeah. makes sense now. As all the coaches like smash the stop button on this immediately. Yeah. To, They're like, stop tell listening. Anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, it, it the it's one, it's amazing to be the first to do really anything, especially in a sport where, you know, there's a big population of people that swim and there is a, um, a lot of opportunity and a lot of meets, but then to take that success and being the first and doing anything, and then turn that into a legacy that opens those opportunities for more people. It's just, is really incredible. She's, she's definitely an inspiring and very, very, uh, valuable part of our sport. Yeah, I agree. And if you, if anybody listening wants to know more about her or get her to speak at an event, um, you can just go to her website, maritzamcclendon.com. Um, and it will have all of the information that you need to get her where you want her to be. So, and while you're out there on that internet, um, you can go to usaswimming.org slash events to learn about and buy tickets for our upcoming pro swim. Um, next week in Fort Lauderdale, it's March 1st through the 4th. 
um, broadcast info, psych sheet, all of that can be found there, um, right on the beach in Fort Lauderdale at the swim, the old swimming hall of fame, uh, brand new pool. So we're psyched to go there for the first time. Basil, have fun. I'll let you uh, get back to finals here. We don't want to slow down the, the Ivy meet at all. I know. I'm so excited. And, you know, you brought it up in earlier when we started recording about it being the smartest swim meet. When I'm on broadcast, I literally try to use bigger work. <laughs> Everybody from the Ivy League is tuning into this broadcast right now. I better step up to the plate and give these people what they deserve. <laughs> Hitting a thesaurus for right. So I, I'm gonna be in my dictionary. Terms. You're gonna go to what'd you say? <laughs> no, just looking for more advanced swimming terms. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, what's a really smart way to put this? So yeah, me and my thesaurus, we're gonna go to uh finals tonight and all right, well, and make up some really nice swimming terms. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have fun with that and enjoy the rest of the college season. Um, uh, we will see you down the road somewhere soon. And good luck in Fort Lauderdale. I I know you're going to have an amazing time. Thank you. And thank you as always for being the best co-host and everybody. uh, Please remember rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you guys next month. Thank you for listening to Kickset with USA Swimming. Head to usaswimming.org for more episodes and make sure you subscribe to Kickset wherever you get your podcasts.